Alright, welcome to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name's Luke. My name's Dan. And this is our third episode of Game of Thrones, where we really, uh, I guess, get into the meat of the book. Yeah, that's right. Pretty excited Uh, about it, Dan? uh, A lot's happened, Luke, and I'm ready to just, like, jump right into it. Okay, yeah, we've got a lot to cover today, I think, so we're not really going to have much of a just, like, kind of of out-of-book discussion. Although I do want to bring up just, I was thinking about this earlier, and when I'm, like, at work a lot of time, I kind of have, like, an hour or two or something where I'm not super... I don't have to think super hard about work, so I just kind of zone out. Yeah. And a a lot of that time, I think about what I'm going to say on this podcast. Yeah, typically when you're watching children for a job, you don't really have to pay attention. They can just kind of run wild and do whatever they want. Especially babies. (laughs) Like, babies don't really need attention, so you're fine. That's Yeah, that's because that's what I do. Um, But anyway, (laughs) I realized that when I do that, instead of just thinking about, like, topics of discussion, I basically... 90% 90% of the time am visualizing my interview with LeBron James once he comes onto the show. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, we have a LeBron watch, I think, happening right now. LeBron's making moves. Le- Le- okay, well, LeBron has made moves. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Well, he's currently making moves, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. He is moving. Yeah. To, yeah. to L.A. You're right, yeah, yeah. He's moving to L.A., hopefully. Didn't I predict... Hold on. I think I predicted this. I think you, I think you might have, was actually. This, did I predict it on air? Oh, shoot. I think so. The only problem is these are going to come out after this is already happening. They're going to come out so far after. But just know that I predicted an, an, a move to the Los Angeles Lakers by LeBron James probably a month before it happened. Probably, yeah. Which, granted, I think a lot of people were doing, but since you, which it's particularly impressive for you because you know almost nothing about sports. Thank you very much. But I know um, a lot about LeBron James. You know why? Why is that? Well, because he's going to be a featured guest on this podcast someday. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but I don't know if you fantasize about the interview with LeBron as much as I do. But just so you know, I've already picked out, first of all, I'm assuming that LeBron is going to be a recurring guest. And I have already picked out the first couple books that he's going to read with us. Okay. What? You want to hear him? Yeah, what's he going to read with us? Okay, so first... Well, well I don't hold know on. Before we get here, we're going to have to, like, ask him too, though, right? Like, we can't just be like, LeBron, you're reading these books. Well, yeah. He's but King I, James. Okay. Yeah, obviously, he he tells us what to do. Yeah. But I have, I'm, I'm going to have suggestions. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, these are my suggestions. This doesn't have to be necessarily in this order, but first off, he definitely has to read Aragon oh, because yeah. he's he's going to be playing. He's going to be starring. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if he necessarily reads the whole series, but he definitely has to read some of it. Yeah. And then here's here's the kicker that I've been thinking about for a while. Yeah. The other book he reads or book series, Redwall. <laughs> yes have did you read red oh my gosh luke i forgot about that book series until you just mentioned it wouldn't that be a, gr- that a would great be one for lebron, for to LeBron do? james because here's here's my reasoning i already um, hold on i already know who lebron james plays in every single red wall movie that we get to come out and it's the badger 
because the badger is always the most badass animal in any of the Redwall books and just destroys everybody. That or the otters, but I feel like LeBron James isn't quite as graceful as an otter. He's more like strong and powerful like a badger and just sure. demolishes everybody. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with that. But here's here's my reasoning for um, LeBron doing Redwall. Mm-hmm. He, so first of all, LeBron is very smart right like way smarter have you seen those glasses dude <laughs> by, by, by virtue of having those glasses he's very smart he's brilliant. but the thing is our show is not very smart uh-huh. so i think we need a um a book series like Redwall that's not like super serious that we wouldn't take super seriously because uh-huh. i think lebron would try to take something super seriously yeah because he's because he's like he, he would he would be too like he would be too smart for us basically but if, yeah. if we do red wall it would be more lighthearted and it would be funny yeah like he would actually be analyzing these books and pulling out themes that would lead us to new like revelations about our own lives and the world around us and it would be like lebron this is too much we can't right. i'm not saying you can't do that with red wall <laughs> Can I just say one thing about Redwall before we before we move on um, real quick? And we'll sure. probably talk about this at one point. Redwall, a lot of the time, and I remember when I was a kid reading Redwall, whenever they would talk about brewing beer or mead or wine or anything, and I was just like, as a kid, I was just like, why? Who would want that? Like, give me some juice. And always being... Why are they brewing alcohol in this children's <laughs> fantasy book about animals? Well, okay, here's... My thing with that is they talked about food and drink a lot. Yeah. And often I didn't know what the words oh, meant. so often, yeah. But they sounded very good. Yes, that's. but that's not a... But you don't want, like, a six-year-old being like, Dad, can I have some mead with dinner? I read it in a book. <laughs> It sounds delicious. True. But they they gave me a very different understanding of what a scone was. Oh, that's and so true. like as much as, as scones are good. Yeah. But my yeah. Um, very young understanding of what a scone was sounded way better than what they actually are. Yeah. That's very like honestly a little disappointing scones. Like they're this is going to be weird. They're they're drier than Redwall makes them seem. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This has gotten off the rails. <laughs> Hold on though, because I want to say before we move on about scones, I also had a very underwhelming first scone experience, and I I am fairly certain it was because of Redwall. I don't think yeah, that prob- this is probably because I had never eaten a scone before I was like ten years old, and I had definitely read. The, a lot of the Redwall books, and they talk about scones an excessive amount, and they 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 sound very good, and they sound delicious. They don't and then, they don't sound like what they actually are. I even remember the first like my first scone experience, and I remember it vividly being like this is going to be freaking awesome, and it being a big letdown, and I I never realized why until I think you just you just cracked the code, Luke. Yep. See, I imagine them being like this like super like spongy cake kind of thing that's just like mm-hmm. dripping in honey yeah and that sounds fantastic it's yes. not what they are oh. but, but we could, but we can talk about that more with lebron <laughs> yeah when lebron comes on we do red wall uh oh man i feel like maybe that's how we connect with lebron 
you know. Well, he 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 has kids who might may have read the Redwall series, or maybe so, he read that he could have. Oh, you, oh my gosh, Luke! You How old are his kids? Him? I think at this point they're probably. I think he has one kid eight? in high school because I remember there was somebody talking about a video of him dunking on some fools. If he's LeBron's kid, he might be in elementary school. I don't know. All in. <laughs> no, no, but I think he does have some. Like they're in probably teens by now. Shoot. Well, we missed the opportunity. No, we didn't miss the opportunity. Luke, LeBron, and his kids. It's a family. It's a James <laughs> podcast. Uh, all right, we're going. We're going a little too long with LeBron. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is. Yeah. This has gotten a little much. Uh, this was supposed to be short. Um. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. Um. We'll get back to LeBron at a later date when he's done something noteworthy. So. Right. So we are now about three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we our official stopping point for this episode is chapter t- sixty, right? Yep. So, yeah. you've been you've been warned about spoilers, officially. Uh, you've been warned every episode, actually. Even though we said we would not be warning you about spoilers, uh, so you're welcome. All right, you want to do a, a we want to do a little summary of what's happened in the book before we actually kind of get into our our usual analysis yeah there's kind of been a lot going on um so we figured we start start up north uh you know john snow took his vows and is uh, officially a brother in the night's right. watch um he's a steward yeah <laughs> which he wasn't super hype about uh <laughs> not his yeah anyway so yeah he's a steward in the night's watch and there were some like corpses that kind of zombified and came back to life and attacked Lord Mormont. And then, yeah, after that, John, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, gave John his Valerian Steel Sword. Uh, which was which was generous, by the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. uh, so then, over across the Narrow Sea, uh, we got Daenerys, you know, just doing her thing over just there. Just kind of kicking it, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, since the last episode, she had that weird scene where she was eating the horse's heart, Mm-hmm. Then Viserys uh, had a rough day. Yeah, real rough, real rough last day, frankly. Right, Viserys. Yeah, Viserys. Viserys dies. <laughs> yes, thank you, Luke. Um, and then, and then we get Daenerys also almost getting poisoned, and I think that's the last that we've seen of her. Right. Y- yes. Yeah, that wraps up Daenerys. So, yeah, those are the. those are the chapters with the least amount happening so then then we get to king's landing which which has been wild where everything has basically exploded ned stark sends off a bunch of his like people to go take care of the mountain who rides what is that is that gregor clegane gregor clegane yes Mm -hmm. no yeah 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 gregor clegane is like pillaging and looting and so Ned is the hand, sends off a bunch of people to take care of him. Then Ned discovers that, realizes what's been freaking obvious to the readers for like 80 chapters that Cersei <laughs> has been fathering children with Jamie. Uh, <laughs> We're going to delicately put that. Cersei has been mothering, excuse me, mothering children uh, yes. with Jamie yes. Lannister, which, like, ooh, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then the uh, then the king dies, or is killed, or well is yeah, well he dies regardless. Yeah, regardless, <laughs> the king is dead. Long live the king. 
and Ned tries to be a good guy and gets totally fucked over for it. And, and of course he does. Which we'll talk about as well. Uh, um, so yeah, Ned's in the slammer right now, and King's Landing is run by a boy child and Cersei Lannister. Right. Other kind of small things that have happened. I think in the last, in the section before this, Tyrion actually went through that trial by combat and was freed. And then since then, he had to walk along the super dangerous trail and was able to actually like befriend mountain tribes. Yeah. And get through with that. And then at Winterfell, a decent amount has happened kind of in the background. We saw Bran get attacked by wildlings. That happened. And then Rob is now starting to make moves. Right. Rob is like now acting as Lord of Winterfell after receiving word that his father and Sansa are like held captive in King's Landing, essentially. He has like called the banners and is marching with an army down to like confront the Lannisters who are also uh, marching north with an army and kind of like pillaging and burning along the way all right summary done yeah so luke there's a lot of meat on them bones what do you want to jump into first what do you want to dig into i'll, I'll start with something kind of short and uh insignificant and then we'll, we'll build off that i want to talk about the fact that Tyrion always comes up with these kind of plans that seem very kind of risky and people just just go with it not asking what he wants what he what his plan is like when he when him and Brom are out on the trail and then he's like hey let's light a fire <laughs> which is a horrible decision and Bron's like no right um he just he he doesn't explain his plan at all no and Bron just goes with it and then like finally the guys come down and Bron's like man i hope this plan is gonna be good yeah, yeah. It's like, dude you, why would you not ask earlier <laughs> or just like leave why wouldn't you just leave <laughs> right well that the other thing so Tyrion does this a lot Tyrion also right. does this for the trial by combat. He just kind of shows up and is like, hey, I'd like to fight for my freedom, please. And <laughs> and they're like, ha ha ha, okay, here's our best knight. You can fight yeah. him. And Tyrion's like, anyone in this hall of basically my enemies, please help me out. Okay, so here's what I'll say, though, Luke. Because I agree. On its face, Tyrion seems to be making some extremely taking some extremely large risks. However, thinking about the larger Tyrion narrative that we established right. in the previous yeah. episode. I was thinking about this too. These are not risks. Like he like he would he probably would have won the fight himself. He just didn't want to reveal it. Exactly. Tyrion right. Tyrion's plan all along. He you know, Tyrion's always got like a backup, right? Tyrion's always got that backup plan that he's working. He's a smart guy, right? And so if nobody if nobody volunteered to help him out, for the trial by combat, he would have to just reveal that he was super good at fighting or maybe play it off so he got lucky again, right? Right, which maybe like... he's good enough at fighting to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. Which, okay, just a reminder on our last episode, we have a developed a theory where Tyrion is a, I guess, just like master, master assassin or fighter, is training constantly and doing a very good job of concealing it. Yeah, he's secretly a really good fighter. And yeah, just listen to our last episode. We detail this theory in full, and so you'll be on board. But yeah, so I think in both these instances, Tyrion is... He's not risking that much because this he has his backup. Exactly. The backup is he could fight his way out of it. Right. But but the thing that I want to make the point of is, like, Bronn or other people 
just trust him so yeah. much. And it's like, if my life was on the line, I'm going to ask this dude about his plan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And like Tyrion has no reason not to explain it either. Like there is no reason for Tyrion not to be right. like, oh, I have a lot of money. And so I think we could just convince them to join us. Yeah. He's just, he just keeps it as a mystery. Yeah. Cause he's like kind of a, which, he's which kind of, he's on its face. He looks like kind of, he seems like kind of an asshole. Right. <laughs> but I think it's just cause he's sneaky and he doesn't want people. He's trying to conceal his true intentions. He's, he's been, he's been concealing so long. He doesn't know how to open up. Mm. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Actually, um, I have, while we're on Tyrion, I have one more little piece to add to the puzzle. And that is, so we talked a little bit about Tyrion's motives and how those are kind of, those are kind of the weakest parts of our theory right now is, is why he is concealing this ability to fight. Why is he trained to be this like expert fighter? And I would say that, so the motive we came up with was that he is seeking the eventual like downfall of the realm to the White Walkers. Which is, which that was kind of just a kind of holding theory that we just put in place because we didn't really have a good one yet. Right. It fit the evidence at, at the time somewhat. Didn't not perfectly. And we didn't have a lot of like, we had a lot of circumstantial evidence. We didn't have a lot of like definitive proof. I would actually say that the events that have happened here don't necessarily go against that motive yet. So we've yet to find anything that like shows that Tyrion is for the benefit of the realm. And in fact, he seems to be massing an army completely under his control right now Mm. so i don't know again i don't know if we have a motive yet but he is collecting warriors to form we're 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 pretty con we're pretty confident in his concealing his fighting abilities yes we're just not sure we're we're not positive why yet right and and we do see him collecting strength right now right he's like seeking power and he's building up his own power in this realm for some reason so we'll, we'll we'll build on that maybe later to be determined right Tyrion we got our eye on you actually while we're while we're talking about Tyrion real quick I just want to talk about a scene so there's this moment when Tyrion gets back to the Lannisters after collecting these clansmen and he is talking to his father and we get a we get a little description of Tywin Lannister okay and okay. I want you to just pay close attention to the picture that this is creating as I'm going to read it. Tywin Lannister, lord of Casterly Rock and warden of the West, was in his middle 50s, yet hard as a man of 20. Even seated, he was tall, with long legs, broad shoulders, a flat stomach. His thin arms were corded with muscle. When his once thick golden hair had begun to recede, he had commanded his barber to shave his head. Lord Tywin did not believe in half measures. He razored his lip and chin as well, but kept his side whiskers, two great thickets of wiry golden hair that covered most of his cheeks from ear to jaw. That's where I'm going to stop, because <laughs> let's picture what Tywin Lannister's hair looks like for one minute. I completely, the first time I read, I completely blew past the whiskers. And you know why? Because George sets it up like this guy is super stern and cool and you don't even realize when you're reading it what the person's facial hair looks like and he's just got two huge mutton has, chops on the he has side mutton of his... chops. and that's it that is it he is bald on the top no mustache no beard 
and just huge mutton chops. Oh, that is wild. And oh, you totally no. you totally ignore it because it doesn't fit with the picture at all. No. Whenever George is trying to get us to think that Tywin is this stern, cold, unfeeling, calculating like robot who just conquers and defeats everything, I just picture his two freaking bushy blonde mutton chops and i just like uh it gives me such a fun case of the chuckles wow i did not even notice that so from now on whenever you read about tyron lannister think of the mutton chops oh my gosh that's incredible and they they don't do that in the show either in the show he's got like right. reasonable hair well in the show he's not he's not he has hair uh and he has like stubble right right in the book he's bald with no facial hair except for giant mutton chops. God, that completely ruins the picture, if I'm honest. I think it makes it, for real. I love that. So <laughs> okay. I just had to point out that little that little golden nugget that George tried to slip by us, but... <sighs> he almost had it. We he almost watching. slipped it by us. We were watching George. I feel like, though, it was George's attempt to make mutton chops cool. Like, oh, I wouldn't have been so. surprised if there's an old picture of George after this book came out rocking mutton chops and nothing else until people were like dude those aren't cool and he's like but have you read game of thrones it's like this totally badass dude has some mutton chops you know that's not a bad theory and and there's just, there's like, no way he didn't have mutton chops at some point anyway well that, that's that's definitely worthy of attention i'm gonna move on to something with the dothaki you ready? okay yeah the scene well okay so i've got two things the first the scene where Viserys gets killed by him melting the gold. The by Drogo. Yeah. Drogo yeah. melting the gold. Pretty brutal. Super brutal. <laughs> My one issue, and I don't know much about this, uh-huh. but like, how long does it take to melt gold in a cooking fire? Because I could see it being way too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, okay. So I was thinking that when I read this scene as well. Okay, so I think of two things that kind of make it reasonable for me. The okay. first is that he like there so let's say it it takes 5 minutes. Let's say there's a 5 minute period from him dropping them into him dumping it on Viserys head. Right? Cuz there's also it's described Viserys is like screaming cuz he knows what's going to happen. Right, yeah. Okay. So 5 minutes the I'm going to assume that the thing that they were cooking in was like cast iron, like a cast iron cauldron, right? Sure. And so that's going to have a lot of heat like built up into it right Right, because it's it's gonna be it's presumably been on the fire for a while it's gonna be pretty hot the other thing that i think of is the description of the gold pouring onto viseries is that it's like half melted so it's not Uh, like 100 liquid yeah it hasn't like completely liquefied yet it's like kind of semi-liquid semi-solid but even then i still think i mean even yeah like what what do you think five minutes ish yeah i don't think like I think it would take at least 20 to 30 minutes to get it to a point where you could, like, pour it in a, like, somewhat liquid form. That had to have been so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many people in this tent watching him melt, and it's described as silent except for Viserys. I was thinking that exact thing of just, like, (laughs) hundreds of people watching and waiting for this gold to melt so that Drogo can pour it on this This is going to be rough to watch. Whenever and you can this imagine, happens, you can imagine too. Like this dude is screaming to not get gold poured on him, and everyone is just silently sitting there waiting for it to happen. <laughs> like the inevitability of this thing 
about that's like, about to occur. You know, if modern, like, if this was in today's world, everyone would be trying to look at their phones. Being like, man, I hope my friends are texting me so I can avoid this awkward situation. Jeez, oh, who's tweeting <laughs> these days, huh? <laughs> but no, these guys are just watching. And it's I don't silent. know, though. I feel like the Dothraki would, like, definitely you think, you think be... they're, like, getting hyped? Oh, yeah. Like, they wouldn't be saying anything out of respect for Drogo. This is, like, kind of his moment. And they yeah. don't want to give the next ones to get gold poured on them. But, like, you can't imagine they've ever seen this done before. So this right. is, like, kind of a cool creative moment, too, where they're like, oh, that's I like the artistic movement he's taking with his murder these days. <laughs> yeah. I, I picture a lot of them kind of, like, doing, like, a little hype prowl kind of thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, side to side, kind of like, ooh. Right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, kind of yeah. like Kind of like hype men, yeah. But, <laughs> but, okay, the other thing I want to talk about for the Dothraki is something that I think is ridiculous. Okay, yeah. And it is the way that their economy is set up is uh-huh. nonsense. Yeah. Do, do you like, know what I'm talking about? I think I do, but like, instead go of Instead of like buying and selling things and having prices for things, mm-hmm. they give each other gifts and then like receive gifts in return. So like there's a scene where um, Daenerys is at the market and she goes and like buys, I forget what she buys, but... She, it says she receives something and then she gives him, gives the merchant uh, some kind of like medallion yeah. as a gift. She gives it's him, like, I think, one of the medallions from, uh, I want to say it's one of the medallions from Drogo's belt. Maybe. maybe. But regardless. Anyway. Like, that's you can't have an economy set up like that. Like, there's no way that you can just have people <laughs> giving each other gifts. And it's like, oh yeah, whatever you want to give me, that would be fine. Yeah. So like, no, so if <laughs> these I things would, have prices. No, okay, yes, I would describe their economy as like a barter, like a combination of a barter with a communist economy. And this is why I say it's a communist economy because I feel like the people in Cal Drogo's call, they have to just be eating the stuff that they like give out to. They they have to just be giving everybody food. Right, there's no way. Right, but but I imagine that's how like all armies in this are. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But um, yeah, but I guess the difference is like the call right, is always like it's yeah, always just with, always a marching army. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so like yeah, they're just operating completely on the barter principle with all the. Well, merchants. but we don't even see bartering. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just I know exactly what you mean. It's just you you you're like I would like someone quote unquote gives you a gift and you give them a gift in return, and it's like. If the other person's gift isn't good enough, like, what do you do? You just take it? <laughs> that's that's such a good point, Luke. <laughs> Maybe people just know that, like, I'm not going to give this dude a sweet gift because he's not going to give me a good gift in return. Like, you just have to know you get a reputation. Who's, a good, who's a good gift giver and who's not. Yeah, I don't understand how that, that system can afford thou- tens of thousands of people to survive. I, th- I think George is trying to make them seem, like, edgy and cool, and I'm not buying it. no. At least in this circumstance. Okay, here's the only reason I think that it works is, yes, there is a ton of inefficiency, but they're also making so much, like, they're getting so many resources because they're just constantly conquering places and getting tribute and all this stuff because they're so ferocious, right? The only reason that this economic system can work is because of how resource rich the Dothraki are. And if they were slightly more efficient, they would rule the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But like, also like, how big of dicks are they? Where they're just like going around taking people's like, they're they're so they're they're a giant nation, yeah. right? Yeah. 
and they're just the only way that they get their resources basically is just by like taking other people's it's like uh-huh. dude can you not <laughs> you know what i mean like i worked in a field for like six months for this wheat and now i just have to give it to you because you'll run and you me do down this like horses. every year <laughs> like dude chill <laughs> Okay, I also want to talk about one thing with the, the with the Dothraki. What do they do in the winter? Because, like, we... Because okay. they don't have, like, shelters or anything. Winter definitely comes to the whole planet, right? Can we, like, it's definitely not just West... Like, there is no way it's just Westeros that experiences radical I would seasonal assume, changes. Okay, I would assume that. Okay. So working, we don't have evidence for that right, yet. Not yet. But working on this assumption... At some point, the Dothraki have to deal with winter. Yeah, and like long winters. Where do they go? Or maybe, (laughs) my only hypothesis is that just a bunch of them die. And the Dothraki empire gets really small in the winter. And then in the summer, they just like... Because they're constantly doing it. Like, they're constantly... Yeah, yeah. Making new little Dothraki. Let's... let's, (laughs) Well said. Let's keep an eye on this, though. Yeah. To make sure that winter actually comes to other continents. Yeah. Because it's going to be wild if it doesn't. This is going to change. That's going to change everything about our astronomical theory that we had come up with. <laughs> the, the, the flat Westeros theory. Yeah. Yeah. It's We might need to invent a new shape, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, let's keep an eye on that. We'll come back to it and see if we find any evidence of, of different seasons in other places. I have one more very large, I think, large discussion topic that I want to talk about. So I was thinking about the mountain that rides. And he's he's described as like, I think, I would guess he's like seven foot eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, th- I, th- I, I think they say closer to eight feet than seven. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him at seven, eight. Yeah. Okay? And he's, he's super buff. Yeah. He's like, a, he's like an offensive lineman. Yeah. Well, he's, okay, so Shaq. Let's picture Shaq right now. Shaq oh. is seven foot three. Oh, 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 gee. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yao Ming, who doesn't play anymore. I'm sorry, I'm really into basketball. Yao Ming is seven foot six. There was a guy that played at my co- at, at a college near my hometown who oh. was seven feet eight. I saw him. Be- I've seen him before. He sh- when he stretched before a game, he used the rim to stretch. Okay. Do we have the picture of how okay, giant the mountain that rides is? He's giant. I got it. <laughs> this guy that I'm talking about that was seven feet eight had to stop playing basketball because he was too big and they had to amputate his foot. No. Now, this lead, or I don't know if they had to, but if he had kept playing, they would have had to, I think. Okay. This leads me to where are the mundane injuries in the Game of Thrones universe? You're telling me the mountain that rides is going over here like, running around, fighting people constantly, presumably training constantly. He's seven foot eight, probably 400 pounds. Yeah. And no evidence of knee issues. Luke, Luke, you're forgetting one thing. <laughs> what's, what's that? Well, so this person that, that you knew that had to stop playing basketball, unfortunately for him, he had 100% human being DNA. Okay. <laughs> In the world of the Game of Thrones, there are giants, apparently. Oh. Right? What so if you're, okay. the mountain that rides is part giant? 
I think Ooh. they mentioned Hodor could be part giant. As Hodor well. might be part giant, yeah. Right. And they, they don't say this in like a, like it's kind of joking, but also kind of serious that they say this. I think one of the, yeah, the wildling woman right. says that Hodor is probably part giant. Right. And so, and she like seems to be pretty sure that giants exist. So, yeah. I mean, given that giants exist, maybe the mountain that rides is part giant. Okay, that's fair. Fair enough. But I'm taking I'm taking this a step further. And not just the mountain that rides. Okay, yeah. But where are all of the mundane injuries everywhere else? So, okay. I went on a backpacking trip a couple years ago. And the trail ended up being longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and my story. N- my knee has not recovered. Like, if I try to run <laughs> more than five miles, I'm done because yeah. of that. I'm like... I'm almost 24 years old, and that is a reality. Yeah. But we see no evidence of, like, dudes just, like, their careers of fighting being over because they, like, tore their ACL. Do you know how often people tear their ACLs? And there's no way there's, like, ACL surgery in Westeros. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a great point. Here's, here's another thing. Have you heard of, like, tennis elbow? Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, baseball player pitchers throwing out their elbow and their, like, careers being over? Yeah. Where is that? Like, this is, okay, this is all I'm asking for. I want to hear, just occasionally, some story where, like, some dude in Westeros is like, hey, man, did you hear about uh, Jeff down the road? Uh-huh. like, no, what happened to Jeff? And they're like, well, you know, he had that great apprenticeship at the blacksmith's forge and he was like he was he was like showing real promise and was like they were calling him like he was going to be the best smith like in westeros Uh then he got you know he got blacksmith's elbow and blacksmith's wrist and 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 he's done like give me that conversation just in the side somewhere just to throw me about yeah that's got to be happening oh all the time i bet it's happening all the time or i've got another one I brought two examples. Please hit me. <laughs> I want to see the scene where uh, some dude, like some kind of dude in the in the army of like Tywin Lannister, yeah. comes up to him and he's like, "Hey, uh, so I know we're like marching a lot and we're going pretty far, but these guys have a lot of armor and they're carrying like a hundred pounds on them, uh, and I know like we really want to get there quickly, but." A lot of them are starting to complain of shin splints. <laughs> and if we don't slow it down, we're going to have a lot of stress fractures. And then, like, I really want Tywin Lannister to be like, okay, that's a fair point. We need to yeah. rest for, like, a couple of days. All right, and, get we need some... to have st- and we need to have stretch breaks every two hours. Yep. Like, that need- that's got to be in there. Go get the ice packs. Uh... <laughs> Tywin Lannister is for sure leading stretches. <laughs> oh, shoot. Luke, maybe the reason... You know what? The reason why... Th- so those injuries don't exist. And here's why. All the scenes of them doing yoga are cut out of the book. So, you, so you're saying they're doing yoga, it's just not mentioned. Yeah, I'm saying they're doing this stuff. Yeah, it's like how you don't ever hear about characters going to the bathroom in books. Mm-hmm. You, like, they've got to be pooping all the time. Right. <laughs> right. But there's never a scene where it's like, Catelyn got up from the toilet. Oh, that was a good one, <laughs> she thought. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. 
but I really, I really want some, like, this is not just a thing in Game of Thrones, like you said, like, that's a common thing in other books, but I really want just some author to throw me, throw me a bone where someone has, like, blacksmith sale bell, you know where, like, shin splints need to be brought up. You know what I want, though, Luke, now that I think about it? I want a historian to bring that up. Yeah. Have you, you ever know, heard about a famous, like, warrior or soldier or anybody in history who has had to stop, like, fighting because they got shin splints or a torn AC? Right. Like, never. Ever. Or, or... It's, it's always <laughs> like they got further. their arm blown off or their leg right. blown off. It's never like, yeah, they pulled their knee, like, they pulled their hamstring and couldn't run anymore, so they couldn't fight. <laughs> right or like i also want there to be one where someone's like has a fight like surprise like like they're surprised with a fight that's happening that day yeah like damn it i shouldn't have done leg day yesterday because that would screw them over if their legs were super sore oh i can just imagine the like fantasy gym that all the knights go to that it's just like logs and like weaponry they're just doing like weird workouts yeah i like to think they're doing like a combination of crossfit and uh yoga all the time because they're they're always described as training but it's always like sword fighting it's like that's not all you do but they've got to be doing some kind of strength training too like they can't just be doing technique right (laughs) where are all the sports where are all the athletic injuries that these people should be getting yeah where all the athletic trainers the do that you think they have physical therapists well who what do you think a squire's job is Oh uh-huh. yes, a squire's so getting out the foam roller every day. <laughs> Before every battle, they're like stretching them out and like rolling them down with a foam roller. <laughs> that's it. That's why they're not. That's why we don't hear about it is because their squires are each right, trained yeah. in sports medicine. Squiring is harder work than I thought. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, I have one more small thing that I want to talk about, and then I have like a larger topic. Uh, can we talk about how greedy Daenerys is? Sure. Okay. Sure. This is why I say she's greedy. So up until Viserys died, they're going to Westeros because Viserys wants to go back to Westeros. And Daenerys is like, fine, whatever. Like, you're my bro. I'll do what you (laughs) say. Right? Viserys dies. And I think Jorah is like, hey, we're doing pretty good over here. We should just keep chilling. And Daenerys is like, uh, no. You know what? We're going to Westeros. And it's like, why, Daenerys? <laughs> yes, because earlier she was talking about, like, she doesn't care about her home. Like, she or she doesn't care about Westeros. Like, she's never seen it. Yeah. And it's and- like, I, I think there's a scene where she's like, man, if only she wasn't a Targaryen, then she wouldn't have to go. It's like... Dude, you don't have to go regardless. Yeah, it's like, dude, like, <laughs> what are you doing? And there is that moment where her, her, like, resolve is crystallized because she tries to get assassinated. And she's like, now I'm going to really overthrow the usurper. Like, now I'm really going to do it. And it's like, why were you going to do it before? Mm-hmm. Like, you were good. You're chilling. You have, like, right. an army at your disposal. And you're, everything is going well for you. You're getting greedy, Daenerys. You're getting greedy, and I don't love it. That's fair. And also, maybe it's really shitty. Like, you don't even know what Westeros is like. Maybe it <laughs> sucks. That's true, yeah. she All she's heard is... I don't even know what she's heard. She's heard from like, Jorah, who is from right. Westeros. Well, he kind of wants to go back, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. I think it's, like, kind of up in the air right now. But 
he is like he talks it up a lot her brother who is like kind of a jerk talked it up a lot and what was that guy's name who they they're like the merchant guy who paid all their bills illyrio i think illyrio probably talked it up a lot but aside from that like you're good dude yeah i don't know i wouldn't like the dothraki lifestyle okay fair (laughs) but she seems totally cool with it that's true she does like it she she seems to think it's cool yeah she seems to be just like cool with like (laughs) eating raw horse meat so okay well not shabby not cool with it but like she did it so that's something um okay i have another like pretty long discussion topic that will probably take us a little while do you have anything that you want to talk about that's like a little short uh no i think i think yours is probably yours is next and we'll okay probably close so, with it so we need to talk about the tragedy of the stupidity of ned stark <laughs> okay i'm on board <laughs> okay before okay first before we start just like dunking on ned we need to have a moment of just like we need to have a moment of silence for the scene where everything collapses around Ned Stark. Okay, so we're just gonna we're just gonna take two seconds. I'm just gonna, ready, go. Oh, that scene sucked so bad when he is like trying to overthrow Joffrey and everybody turns on him, and for the right. second time, all of his men are murdered. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ned. <laughs> How many times can Ned see all of his guys murder just because he's, like, kind of stupid? <laughs> a lot is the answer. Can uh, we... Let's just talk about how brutal it was when he gives Cersei the piece of paper that has, like, oh, the decree. And, and she, she just, just like, literally rips it up. it up and murders all of his <laughs> friends? Yeah. And he's like... It's like, I don't know if he reacts it, but it's like, yeah, dude pieces of paper don't don't do the trick in this world (laughs) and also dude you're not rich like why would you think all these people would go with you like why is he not confirming like all he the only confirmation he gets from littlefinger that they're on his side is like littlefinger's like yeah i did something i did that thing you said we're good to go wink he's like can i see like some receipts that uh have orders (laughs) like no he doesn't do that Okay, can we hold on? Because we need to start at the beginning and work our way through this tale of of woe. Okay, okay, sure. Yeah, we got because there excited. there are these moments throughout Ned Stark's tenure as the Hand. Uh, the very first one that I want to start with is the fact that Ned hears about Gregor Clegane pillaging and looting the countryside, and who does Ned send to go deal with him? But his like his whole guard and all the people that are loyal to him. He's like. <laughs> You all leave King's Landing and go deal with this thing way out and about in the countryside. I'll stay here with all the people that are loyal to the Lannisters. I'm not going to send them to take care of this because I don't think they're going to do it. They'll stay here with me and my family. And this is after he's already been attacked. Yes. By Jaime Lannister. Yeah. Like, Ned, please (laughs) don't. Okay. Then, moving on from that. Ned discovers this incestuous relationship that's happening with Cersei and Jaime. And what is right. what is the very first thing that he does after discovering this? 
You, you mean like when he goes and tries to talk to Cersei? He goes and tells Cersei that he knows about it. And the whole time I'm like, Ned, some kind of insurance <laughs> policy. So if she just pulls out a knife and stabs you here in the woods, you're not like, you're, you're fine. And they will know. And you can be like, don't kill me because everyone will know if I die. <laughs> right. Like have, have a bunch of messages that are sending to everyone if you don't return in two hours. And you know what? The... He has one message that he writes, and he sends it to one person. And it's and he's 9,000 miles away. And it, gets, and it gets intercepted before it even gets there. It, it doesn't even make it. His one insurance policy doesn't make it. And, and let's be clear, it's, to an, it's an insurance policy to someone that we assume already knows. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, Ned... What? We assume because Stannis already knows and has not been able to do anything about it. Right. That's so why Stannis like, left. And he's a horrible insurance policy. Yes. <laughs> and so this, this is the like piece of armor that Ned has decided to bring with him. No, you know what? He didn't even bring that with him to his discussion with Cersei. He goes to Cersei. He doesn't even say, I'm going to like, I have, don't kill me because I have a lot of letters I'm going to send out. He's just like, I know. So... <laughs> the jig is up Cersei Ned and you would think because he hates Cersei right oh yes everyone hates Cersei you would think he would jump at the opportunity to be like to run to his friend the king to Robert yeah and be like dude your wife freaking sucks yeah <laughs> but no well okay there's like two things with that the first they blame the king being drunk for 12 years on the fact that he doesn't realize he hasn't like slept with Cersei yeah (laughs) cause Ned's like how has the king never given me like how has this never happened and Cersei's like well he's drunk a lot of the time and it's like okay how often is the king that drunk that he doesn't realize when was the last yeah that he's not like when was the last time I created an heir by my wife (laughs) I mean granted there's a like I wouldn't, how, yeah, how drunk can, how many days can a guy be drunk? It's 12 years. Were, how can he be hangovers, that drunk? Are hangovers not, okay, here's a, here's another broader thing. Are hangovers just not in, like, medieval stories? No, they, do, they definitely are, because Ned describes having one. Okay, fair yeah. enough. But, but people just drink oh, constantly, and it's oh, like, yeah. if I drink, like, three beers last night, and someone tries to hand me wine for, like... <laughs> For lunch breakfast. the next morning i'm like no yeah <laughs> i mean but here so i will say that robert baratheon is like probably an alcoholic so he is probably not hungover because he's just like he's just constantly drunk but like to be constantly drunk for 12 years like i feel like your liver would stop working at that right. point yeah another another injury that we're not seeing <laughs> liver problems for sure <laughs> oh definitely 100 percent Okay, and the other thing is the only reason so Ned doesn't tell Ned doesn't tell Cersei or tell Robert and everybody because he's like I don't want her and her children to be murdered by the king. Which right. is like good guy Ned Stark. Fine. Uh but like there's a lot of other people you could tell that probably wouldn't murder Cersei but would still be like oh yeah, that she's got to go. Like bad news. And 
you made a good point. He's Robert Baratheon's best friend in the whole world. And he decides, I'm going to be nice to this evil woman who is threatening my life, who has, whose like family has killed a bunch of my men. I'm going to be nice to her because I remember how awful it was when the Targaryen people were murdered. Yeah, you would, like, if I heard something like that about, like, my best friend, <laughs> like, he's knowing immediately. Right, like, imagine Robert learning about that later being like, wait, Ned, Ned, what? <laughs> Ned, you gotta tell me these things. Ned, what the heck, dude? I thought we were tight. Ned. So, so that's the lead up to Ned getting put, rightfully so, in prison. He earned it, frankly. Like, yeah. And, and that and, scene... And, like, Rinley offers him a way to do this that's, like, should be acceptable to him. It's what ne- it's what he tries to end up doing. Right. He, he, Rinley's like, let's go grab the Joffrey. kids yeah. and separate them. Yeah. He doesn't say to do anything, like, horrible to them. No, no. Well, and, yeah, and in the end, Ned is like, I'm gonna get the gold cloaks to basically do the exact same thing. Right. It's like, Ned... You're making bad choices. And and the scene where um, Varys and Ned are talking in the prison cell is, like, exactly this. It's Varys just being like, dude, you're you're not good. Like You're bad at this, man. You're, you're being honorable and, like, cool, but it's not really working out for you. Or anybody. And this actually leads me to actually a huge oversight by varies and the whole small council uh and there's an interesting paradox that occurs so varies meets with stark in the dungeon and tells him basically makes this deal with him that if he'll swear fealty to joffrey they'll let him take the black the paradox lies in the fact that they are trusting ned's honor that when he says he will swear fealty to Joffrey as the true king, he will truly do that and go join the Black afterwards and not lead a revolution. But they're also counting on him to lie and admit that Joffrey is the rightful heir of the throne, thus being dishonorable, thus breaking his honor. Right. Like, you would think they would... would they're opening it up for him to, like, say that and then leave and be like, oh, yeah, I was lying. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Like, they're trusting him to be honorable after he is dishonorable. And they're only trusting him to be honorable because he's he's always honorable. You're counting on him to break his honor and then go back to being honorable again. And it's like, that doesn't work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, looking at how incompetent Ned has been so far... <laughs> Uh, maybe honestly maybe he wants to go to castle black at this point he's he's just like he's like i'm sick of it (laughs) i want to go hang with john john's pretty dope ned's whole story is like such a tragic bumbling of everything ned's portrayed as like this super competent like good guy that you know whatever he does he does super well yeah but he's like from what we've seen he's horrible at everything well and the thing that is like most frustrating about it is he's like not dumb like right 
he talks about strategy he talks about this stuff and it's like just because he's from the north and like honor holds sway in the north doesn't mean he has no idea that people are political he knows this yeah and you know maybe he's gonna yeah you know what luke i like your theory that maybe he wants to take the black and he's just done with it he's just like he's he's sick of what he has to do he's like my kids they're gonna be fine i just like need to get out of here like i'm done because like in real like if he goes to the like castle black or like joins the night's watch yeah kind of everything's fine because i mean like the only bad things that are happening is just like sansa's not gonna marry joffrey yeah i mean granted like joffrey's gonna be king and that's sucks but like for the starks no yeah and i think for like peace in the realm ned stark going to the wall if he actually did it and if everyone bought it then like yeah there would probably be peace until either renly or stannis Stannis. like raises an army to go fight the lannisters we're we're assuming that ned stark would just go to the wall and like not leave immediately (laughs) uh right which i mean if he although if he goes to the wall he doesn't have to take the vow immediately right right well i imagine that there's different protocol about prisoners oh yeah that's true and but okay to be fair the like young people that they brought to the wall that were also like prisoners they didn't make them swear the oath until a little while and that that scene was also interesting because it sounded like they were offering them a choice uh yeah but they really weren't for the people who were like accused of rape and things like that. i wonder if like if the people that were there like went to castle black because they were like already convicted of something if they were just like no we don't want to do the vow like what happens do you think they send them back to prison somewhere they've got to yeah or i mean or they might just execute them (laughs) that's true yeah that is the place that would seems like it might do that (laughs) yeah yeah but otherwise i imagine they just are like okay you can go back to like go in prison this was an option for you or maybe they just like kind of hang out and do all this the stuff that they would have done but it just don't take the vow i don't know yeah but like the vow is the vow is like the punishment which is yeah so crazy to me that anyone would volunteer for that like oh yeah why wouldn't you just go to the wall and be like, yeah, I'll work with you guys, but I'm not going to vow to never, like, own land or have a wife or anything like that. Right. Which, like, you could totally do. Like, you could just be like, I'm going to be like a... Although, do you... I mean, unless they made some rule where they're like, you can't be a ranger or something. You can't go past the wall. Which, okay, this might be too long for this episode, uh-huh. by the way. I'm okay. gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us out of this yeah. current discussion. And bring us to why is the wall made of ice? That had to have been Shoot. so so inconvenient to build. Where did it come from? I think so. Did they just like you harvest know. it from ponds and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Oh, Luke. Okay. Here's the massive problem. Here's the massive problem with the wall being made of ice. Oh, we we really need to talk about this in another episode because this is a long discussion. (laughs) You know what? Fuck it. We're going to do it right now. Here's the problem with the wall being made of ice. 
Okay, let's assume that they built the wall over an extended period of time. Right. And it was... Yeah, over an extended period of time, slowly, right? But there are really long winters that happen, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. so let's imagine... Where do you get ice back then? The only place you get ice back then is from like a lake or a pond that's frozen. Right. So you have rangers going out, carving chunks of ice, and using them to build this wall. Eventually the lake or pond is going to run out of ice. And if it's winter, it's not raining. This <laughs> lake, this is not going to fill up with water again. You're out of water now. Right. And, okay, that's a big issue. Here's my biggest issue. I presume that they got, like, they took just, like, giant, like, chunks of this. Like, not bricks, obviously, but just giant, like, I don't know, rectangles Yeah. of ice. Yeah. What did they use for mortar? Well, so actually, Luke, there is an answer to this. Uh, <laughs> so, like, <Damn> it. <laughs> like, water, when you put pressure on ice, it melts a little bit. Okay. And so as sure. you stack blocks, I'm sure, like, the pressure of a new block pushing down on an old one would melt the ice in between the blocks. And then if it got cold enough, it would it could potentially refreeze and so it's like a solid block here's the luke here's the other hypothesis maybe they didn't bring the ice to the wall maybe they carved the ice out of the wall maybe the wall is a giant glacier oh yes Maybe the wall was once was once a huge glacier that they carved out the back of. Interesting. How about that? I feel like that's more plausible. Um, if I think if we were writing the story for this, that's probably what we would do. But I I feel like I've seen somewhere where that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, it's probably it's probably not. But like. It's a glacier, that would have been though. that that would have been way better. <laughs> oh my okay. This brings us to one last thing. None of the people believe in like magic or like giants or others or anything like that, and they're not really concerned about it. But there's like evidence of really dope magical stuff all over the place, and they just like take it for granted. Like this wall. This wall is not, like, a normal thing. Right. Like, this wall is insane. Like, this is insane. Okay? (laughs) Like, nobody should have been able to build a wall that goes entirely across the top border of your country. Or bottom, frankly. Like, there's no way you should be able to build a wall that large. It's just, it's it's infeasible. (laughs) It's it's not practical in the slightest. (laughs) Hey, but we're going to give it a shot in the U.S., though. (laughs) Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe we'll build it of ice. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build it on the northern border, actually. Yeah, out of ice. <laughs> oh, I was thinking still on the southern border, out of okay, ice. Smart, smart. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that. There's also the fact that, like, there is definitely recent evidence of dragons. Right. Like within what? Like within a hundred years. There are skull. There are dragon skulls in the Red Keep. Yeah. Like, you know that there is magical, crazy stuff that happens. And yet, 
people are just like others yeah yeah right i don't think that there are those <laughs> well, yeah how ridiculous are you and even like giants yeah like they don't believe in giants i just it's uh, like you can believe you can believe in you know that dragons existed but you can't believe in giants you can't believe in a big person but you believe in like a <laughs> lizard that flies and breathes fire okay and also like you have to imagine the wall is there for a reason. Like somebody, somebody spent a lot of time building that thing, right? And it's right, not like, like they built it to keep like a bunch of do like a bunch of kind of weird guys out. Yeah, this is built for like <laughs> that's an excessive measure to keep wild things out. <laughs> right, right. And so like you've got to take that as just like a a point of oh maybe this is kind of a big deal. Maybe maybe <laughs> we should care about this a little bit. Like, that's a warning in itself, the fact that the wall is massive. Well, I feel like it's more just kind of selective ignorance. Like, yeah. okay, take take modern day's climate change kind of thing. Ooh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like this is, I feel like that's a very good example because... This is an excellent example. Because everyone that denies climate change is just doing it because probably they're scared of climate change, right? Yeah, and I think it would be really inconvenient for them to, like, deal with it right right which i think is the same case for That's denying analogy, the others luke this is supposed to be a dumb podcast <laughs> but you're basically saying that like people don't want to take the oath or send somebody else to take the oath for climate change right because yeah. it's like yeah but but then i can't but run it would an f350 <laughs> yeah or i like can't turn my lights on always or we yeah, but... regulate <laughs> We can't use gasoline as often. <laughs> I can't take gas showers anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's pretty much what it is in in Westeros with the others. Like, they don't want to look at the evidence that there are probably others just because they'd be like, "Ooh, that would suck." <laughs> yeah, that's so true. But like, dealing with it would also be pretty bad because like, I don't want to go work at the wall. Like, no, thank right. you. Let's let let's let like the future people that actually have to deal with that do with it. <laughs> Although, in I will say in Westeros' defense, there's a lot less evidence of the others uh, than true. there is of climate change in the United States, <laughs> or in the world. Right, yeah, that's true. All right, I think we should probably wrap up there. Yeah, on that depressing note. So, uh, the next time you hear from us, we're going to be finishing up Game of Thrones, and we're going to reveal what our next, our next book's going to be. Get hyped for that. I also want to say a quick shout out to Volo for letting us use his track Mystic for our intro and our outro. Uh, go check out Volo on Spotify. Uh, give him a listen. He is super good and a great guy. Uh, get ready for next week. Uh, we're going to have a couple more uh, hot takes. And dumb nerds. Dumb nerds.